0: Welcome to Emotion Well, EFR's podcast about all things related to emotional wellness. I'm Johanna Dunlevy, the Wellness Manager for Employee and Family Resources, also known as EFR, and I'm the host of our podcast. As an FYI, EFR is located in Des Moines, Iowa, and we are Iowa's first employee assistance program and provide a variety of services you can learn more about at www.efr.org. Well, I'm excited to have back on our podcast, Susie Roberts. If you are someone who has listened to all of our episodes on Emotion Well, you may recognize the name. And once you hear her voice, you may recognize the voice. But Susie is uh, the first guest we ever had on Emotion Well. And we did an episode back with her in January of 2020 called Understanding Food and Mood. And my, how life has changed since that day. It right, feels Susie?
1: like it's been a decade. It does. <laughs> Yes.
0: It was a long time ago, but it feels like it was an even longer time ago. So Mm -hmm. I brought Susie back because one, the podcast we uh, released with Susie was so popular. I just felt like people want to hear more from her. She's a registered dietitian. And I think that the information you bring to the table, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, is just invaluable. So As we are in the holiday season now, we have a couple of major holidays approaching rather quickly. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about kind of staying healthy through the holidays. And uh, I know for me, the holidays trigger a lot of, um, you know, tradition. And Mm -hmm. so, and a lot of that is tied back to food, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know, I'd be curious to know, like when you think about, you know, growing up or even as an adult, like, are there certain foods or things that you make? only during the holidays mm-hmm. at other times of the year you probably wouldn't indulge in or eat?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, growing up in a small town in northeast Iowa, um, some of our traditions were more around home-baked uh, pies. For example, my mom made pie from scratch and uh, homemade bread, which mm-hmm. was just delicious beyond words. And some of the memories I have of that are just how delicious and warm that fresh home-baked food was but i also remember johanna how we we consumed it pretty quickly uh-huh. because if you didn't get a slice or pieces um it would be gone literally with you know by the next day yeah so i remember that we just always almost inhaled some of those yeah. delicious foods looking back on it um i i i now see that too but yes just that warm home baked the smells Uh, the family coming together were some really nice memories. Yeah.
0: Now I also have a lot of memories especially around for me it's a Christmas holiday with my mom would make uh, all of kind of the baked goods and treats Mm -hmm. in advance and then she would put them in the deep freeze Mm -hmm. and so actually when I think of eating like fudge and she would you know dip like I'm sure this is real healthy, um, (laughs) but it's very delicious. Uh The Ritz crackers with peanut butter in the middle, and then you dip it in almond bark. My memories of eating those things were eating them frozen, because I would sneak down to the basement, Uh you know, and like take one out, and then she would be like, we have no treats for Christmas, because you (laughs) ate them
1: all already.
0: Um, Uh But you know, when I think Uh about things like that, I think, you know, I I would normally never reach for a food like that if it weren't the holiday Mm -hmm. season, and so I I wanted to bring that up, just because I think it's important. As as people are listening to this podcast, I want you to think about what some of your food traditions are. Are and um, maybe if if you don't have any healthy food traditions, mm-hmm. you could establish some. So I like you know to think that special foods on special occasions and the holidays are s- certainly special occasions for many people, and so it's okay to kind of eat outside your um, you know typical eating plan or nutrition plan. But I also want to acknowledge that it, it can the holidays can go on for a long time for some people. Mm-hmm. So it may, no, it may not be just, you know, a day in November and a day in December. Sometimes it turns into a week-long stretch of eating differently mm-hmm. um, or a months long stretch of eating differently. And so I just want, you know, people to think about that as you go into this holiday season. What are some food traditions you have and are you eating special foods on special occasions, or are you eating special foods for several days or weeks or even Mm -hmm. months? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, uh, I want to talk about first eating healthy during the holidays. What Mm -hmm. would be some pointers that you would like to share with our listeners for how to enjoy some of those um, traditions that maybe are important to you and your family, but also balance it out with health?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So when we think about the holidays, a lot of times we can think of it as we get to wear two different hats. Sometimes we are the host, and sometimes we are the guest. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the host role, that really puts you in that driver's seat as far as uh, possible uh, thinking about how to possibly tweak things a little bit here and there to be a little bit more healthy. Um, You know, at this time of year, um, with the flu and uh, coronavirus, we really want to think about our immune system as well. And so it's a a good time to think about um, slipping in or boosting up the content of uh, fruits or vegetables, because those have um, vitamins A and C and E in them, which help to boost our immune system. So from the host perspective, you can think about you have the control over the menu and what gets mm-hmm. put on the table or the buffet. And so you have the maybe a little more leeway to add a few more vegetables here and there that maybe um, may not be at um, the traditional in-laws gathering, for right. example. Um, or grandma's house may mm-hmm. not have as many um, of those types of fruits and vegetable mm-hmm. type of thing. There may be more desserts more um, things like mashed potatoes, chicken and gravy, uh, a little bit heavier type of right. more savory options. So if you're in the role of the host, um, that gives you the opportunity to, to lighten up some of those recipes. And one of the recipes in, in particular um, that um, I know that we often um, see or have access to are dips, whether it be mm-hmm. vegetable dips, cheese dips, um, uh, chips and salsa, that kind of thing. So when it comes to um, dip recipes, I just want to throw out to our listeners, Johanna, a few ideas on sure. how we can lighten up dips because they can be a really healthy addition to that holiday spread. Yeah. Um, so for example, um, salsa. Salsa is a wonderful dip. And if you, for example, would have about a half of a cup of salsa, that would count as one of the uh, fruit and, or excuse me, one of the vegetable servings that it's recommended that we have um, two to three servings of vegetables a day. So a half a cup of salsa can count as one of those. And when we think about another type of uh, dip, guacamole is made with avocados. And avocados are rich in mono unsaturated fats, which is um, a heart-healthy fat. Mm-hmm. and helps to reduce LDL cholesterol. Um, so on the other spectrum of that, it's very healthy, but it's also, um, because it's higher in fats, that also is associated with a higher calorie count. Sure. However, we can add salsa to that, or even chopped onion, mm-hmm. chopped peppers, etc., to in a way dilute that guacamole right. <laughs> and um, kind of spread out the calories right. a little bit but really boost the, uh, the uh, vegetable content.
0: And one thing I think people often forget about is that salsa and guacamole don't have to be used with or paired with chips.
1: Absolutely. They can be paired
0: with celery and cauliflower and carrots and cucumbers and things like that that are going to give you more fruits and vegetables in your day but also yes. um, keep your calories low as well. Yes,
1: yes, that's part of the crudite family, we call it, from yeah. the dietitian world. Um, as you mentioned, celery, carrot sticks, anything. even peppers could be cut into long strips yeah. and be used as dipping yeah. uh, items. So that's um, something to think about there. And then I know at, at, at uh, the Roberts household, they're big on the sour cream dips mm-hmm. and, and deviled eggs, for example now i myself am not partial to anything to have to do with sour cream or mayonnaise i just i when i was growing up i never liked it and have just really stayed away from yeah. it whereas one of my brothers i remember still uh, growing up on the farm he would come in and have mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> Just mayonnaise with bread? Uh, yes. Yes, I know. It just White makes bread, me, probably. Probably, yeah. yes. Yes, it was white bread. Um, yes, this was before I knew about all uh, how to make more healthy choices, but oh that's what we had, Yeah, white bread. And so he'd slap mayonnaise in between. And for him, that was normal, and he didn't know any different. Exactly. And I think
0: that's where a lot of our food traditions, you know, kind of
1: come from is, well, doesn't every, you know... Mm -hmm. Hasn't everyone had a mayonnaise sandwich? Right. No, No, no. absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. And so um, just to kind of finish up on the the dip aspect here, because I know that um, the sour cream and and mayonnaise-related type of dips are so popular, we can really help to improve the health and quality or the nutritional um, value or quality of those dips by reducing how much sour cream we're putting in, you know, even reducing it. 50% 50% and replacing that with 50% uh, Greek yogurt would be a huge nutritional bump in um, nutrition. So just some things to kind of uh, keep in mind there that uh, yogurt or Greek yogurt can go a long way yeah. as far as Now improving. I usually substitute Greek
0: yogurt for any kind of cream-based dip, and mm-hmm. I, I just do like you know, if it calls for one cup of sour cream, I just do one cup of Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. I don't even split it. But yeah, I will say one time, this was a Thanksgiving, maybe eight or nine years ago. I was trying to do some healthy, healthier swaps, and I made a pretty big mistake by trying to make green bean casserole healthier oh, some uh-huh. things you just shouldn't <laughs> modify um and i did i did try to do some kind of greek yogurt uh-huh. cream-based concoction it did not go over well and my friends still tease me about it yes. so yes. some things you know you can leave as they are but for the things like any of those cream-based dips that you know you would have with chips or vegetables or whatnot usually the the swap for the greek yogurt mm-hmm. is not noticeable Exactly. Uh, so I like that. I like the mm-hmm. swaps. What about, I think people often have this misconception that if they are going to a holiday gathering and they're planning to eat a lot, then they shouldn't eat much throughout the day. They should save their calories yes. for this dinner party. And yes. What are your thoughts on that? And what kind of advice would you give to someone who is anticipating a a pretty heavy dinner or, you know, a dinner party where... where they will be around a lot of food. How should they eat throughout the day before they get to that?
1: Yeah, so that's kind of in that other role where now we're the guests. Yes, and um, from a dietitian's perspective, uh, we would recommend that people eat you know fairly normally as they would throughout the day, and to definitely not go to the event on an empty stomach, um, because that really if you think about how can I set myself up for success to make those healthier uh, choices, you know, I still want to go to the event and enjoy the holiday foods that are there, the atmosphere, the company. That's really what we're going. We're going there to enjoy um, the social gathering. Um, so we would, I would definitely recommend that um, an individual have something to eat before you go, apple and peanut butter or you know, maybe a serving of yogurt or cottage cheese and and some vegetables before you go as your afternoon snack or whatever. Um, And then when you're there, this is a key tip, Johanna. All right. Uh, So if if you go to the end of the table where the plateware is, um, aim for a smaller plate version. Uh, There's data that shows that uh, when we go either to serve ourselves family style at at a home meal, or if we go out to a buffet, um, we will uh, fill our plate. Mm -hmm. So if your plate is 9 inches in uh, diameter, or if your plate is 12 inches, uh, it's just kind of human nature that we will fill that plate. Fill it up, yeah. Yeah. So if you have your smaller plate, if that's an option, um, from there, the next option or the next tip is to focus or to go for the vegetables first and try to have you know 40 to 50 percent of your plate be covered with either some uh, vegetable or fruits Um, and you know go a little more sparingly of course on the richer dessert types of Mm -hmm. items. Mm -hmm. I've also read
0: uh, you know there was a food scientist who did some research and he was talking about When people go to buffets, and I would assume a dinner party is similar because all of the food options are laid out before you, if you kind of see what all of the options are before you start filling your plate, tend to to take less food at least yes Uh, you know so and i like to do that too because it's like i'm not someone who really likes mashed potatoes so if i see that there's a different option i really like sweet potatoes Mm -hmm. uh, or whipped sweet potatoes so if i see that there's sweet potatoes i'm not going to take any mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. Um, but if i didn't know that there were sweet potatoes i might take some mashed potatoes just because you know try a little of that try a little of this but if i know what my options are i might opt for the thing i like more and the thing that um, is prob- maybe healthier for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing that I do when I attend, you know, dinner parties or you know tailgating events. It seems like it's been a long time since I've done anything like that, mm-hmm. especially since all of the um, restrictions we've had around you know social gatherings in the past eight or so months. But I always try to bring something <laughs> healthy mm-hmm. um, that I know I like, mm-hmm. especially if I, you know, you kind of have an idea especially if it's a family gathering, people that you're familiar with, you're familiar with the way they eat, you know, you've been to the gathering before, maybe it's every year you go, and you kind of know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I, I think people are pretty consistent in their food habits, you know. Yes. And so one thing I've always liked to do is I'm just going to make sure that there's something I like, yes. and I'm going to try to make it a little bit healthier. And so mm-hmm. that's that's my tip.
1: Yes. So. That's a fabulous tip. Yeah. Another thing, too, to consider is along the lines what you were saying there, um, to peruse around the perimeter of the food table and really scope out what you want the most, mm-hmm. and uh, think about that. The other thing too to keep in mind, so you've got hopefully your smaller plate, and um, you know put on a larger portion of vegetables or fruits. Um, but also after you um, go to your area to sit down make sure you're drinking water throughout the evening. Mm-hmm. Or if you finish your plate, make sure you have a nice glass of water before you consider or think about going back for either a dessert or maybe a little bit of seconds of something. That's yeah. really important, especially if there's um, drinks or alcoholic beverages there. We really want to make sure that we have water in between you know, foods um, or having a, an alcoholic drink, too. Yeah,
0: I think... I think people often forget that beverages have calories. Yes. And so someone might say, well, but I'm just drinking diet soda. Well, okay, no calories there, but uh, water is still a better option. Sure. And I've also read that oftentimes people think they're hungry, but they're actually dehydrated. Yes. And so just maintaining proper hydration levels is going to make you feel a little more satisfied yes. and you may eat less. So I definitely. Um, I think it's good for people to remember that beverages, most beverages have some caloric Mm -hmm. count, especially if it's alcohol, Mm -hmm. uh, or some of those, you know, like eggnog or you know hot cocoa, ciders, things like that Mm -hmm. that people are more likely to drink during the holidays. Um, So let's now we've talked about being around people and some of our food habits and choices and traditions, but let's talk about what maybe a lot of people will be experiencing this year, and that's not being around people at all or not being around as many people. Uh, And I think a lot of that is related to emotional eating. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I do a presentation at EFR called Food and Mood. And one of the questions I open up with is, have you ever eaten for reasons other than hunger? And everyone laughs because, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, you eat because you feel obligated to eat. You eat because it's a ritual or tradition. Uh, You eat because you're bored, you're sad, you're mad. And so emotional eating, everyone, you know, has has taken part in emotional eating. Um, What would be your advice for people who maybe are used to being around other people this time of year? And now, you know, that dynamic has changed, but they still want to enjoy the holidays and some of their food traditions. Um, How would, how would you recommend they kind of stay on the healthy track?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you bring and raise a a very good point, Johanna. Um, So when we think about the holidays, being around people is often a big part of that, and the food as well. And those are both things that kind of fill up our tanks, mm-hmm. our physical tank, our emotional tank mm-hmm. as well. And then now with so much of this social distancing and everything, what I am hearing from some of the, the uh, individuals that I provide nutrition services for is they've been putting on some extra on some weight that uh, they're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so when we start talking about what is it that they are wanting for themselves, where are they at in at this point in their life, we, we peel back some of those layers and we find that people are really trying to fill a void. And sometimes people use food to fill those voids. And it might be something some people lend towards uh, crunchy or sweet foods, some towards more savory So as we go into the holidays and we think about that, it's really a good idea to take just a little bit of time and just be quiet in the moment and ask yourself, what is it that I'm wanting when I go to this event or when I'm not able to be around the family that I want to. I mean, even my family, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to mm-hmm. get together for um the holidays because we're we're kind of spread out and different walks of employment around uh some elderly. Several of my family work in hospitals. So we're trying to navigate yeah. that. It's different now. We we don't really know yet what we will be able to do. Um, so for those of us that might be in a situation where we do end up spending the holidays alone, um, that's where um, we want to just honor honor that we're making that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be of our choice or it may be our family's choice that we just can't spend together as much time this year. So my recommendation would be to um, you know still think about what's important to you So in my mind, for example, Johanna, I'm thinking about what if um, my husband Ted and I end up spending Thanksgiving alone? Um, So, for example, I already know that my son is probably not going to come back home. He lives in Arkansas, and he's just very, um, uh, he wants to just stay home and just very social distance through all this. So I already know that that aspect of my family is going to change for this holiday. So if my husband and I choose to spend it um, alone ourselves, what I want to do is still have you know some kind of aspect of a regular holiday dinner. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Um, I would like to have some elements of the traditional brought in, um, but then I also know that I want to take care of our our health too. So I want to balance that with right. some, you know, like a a, a turkey breast or whatever. Um, not deep fat fried or whatever, but more in the oven. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's things that we can do that along Mm -hmm. those lines.
0: And I think for people who are expecting fewer or no guests, um, don't don't make as much food. Because I think another, and I mentioned this when we first started the conversation, but I think... You know one day of eating holiday food is one thing yes but if you're doing it for several days because of leftovers or you know you just have so much Mm -hmm. food and you don't want it to go to waste that can that is i think where a lot of people start to go down the path of overeating Mm -hmm. and now they're overeating for the whole weekend the whole holiday weekend or you know maybe between the holidays um it can go on for several weeks um so I think that's also good. It's just, you know, to remember, you don't, you know, you can cut the recipes in half, you know, especially yes. if you're baking. Um, you don't need to make three dozen bars or cookies. You, mm-hmm. Maybe you make a dozen. Right. You know. Exactly. Um, and then you don't have, and then you're not faced with even the choice of, should I eat that? Should I not eat mm-hmm. that? And, you know, because it all comes down to a choice, you mm-hmm. know, with food. and And I think oftentimes, and this is, you know, regardless of the holidays or not, it's, Am I hungry? You know, and yes. one question that I ask myself sometimes is when I go to reach for a snack, especially when I was working from home in the earlier months of the pandemic, I was working from home every day. Now that I'm back in the office several days a week, I have this issue come up less. But working from my apartment, I'm literally in mm-hmm. my kitchen, <laughs> yes, facing my refrigerator all day. And I would want a snack. And then I would start to think, Okay, am I hungry enough to eat an apple? Am I hungry enough yes. to eat carrots? And if the answer is no, then I'm probably not. Then I probably don't need whatever sweet or salty snack mm-hmm. that I intended to reach for in the first yes. place. So, reframing the situation, um, you know, can I somehow turn that snack into a fruit or a vegetable? Yes. So.
1: Yeah. The other thing too with um, you know some of the, the holiday gatherings or being in your home more is if you do have leftovers. Um, it's often um, a convenient uh, thing to have for lunch the next day, uh-huh. or freezing is a very good way to make use of those larger portions yeah. that you may have left over. And then that can be something that can be eaten you know, a little bit down the road. Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's talk about immune system health and what we can do to boost our immunities, especially this time of year and especially this year. But, you know, we all want healthy functioning immune systems, regardless of whether it's flu season or, you know, we're going to be around relatives or the weather is is cold and we're cooped up inside. So what are some good foods that can help boost immunity?
1: One of the best things that people can do is we want to have um, antioxidants. And those are uh, in items like our um, fruits, um, green leafy vegetables, lemons, Uh, The berries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, those are really what we would call nutrition-heavy hitters when it comes to uh, vitamins A and C and E. Um, But there's also those other foods that are good, and they have um, some of the uh, minerals that are also effective for helping our immunity health, and those are magnesium and zinc, we can get those from foods like sunflowers, walnuts, almonds. Uh, those are uh, you know just a handful of those gives you uh, more than enough of those minerals that you need. So your nuts
0: and seeds family.
1: Absolutely. I
0: think, and I I love snacking on those. I all I do have to watch it though because I can yes. eat I can eat quite a few, yes. and then I've really gone high on my calorie count yes. for a snack. So do you recommend people maybe? Would that be the type of snack that might be a good idea to portion out?
1: Absolutely. I often go back to how can I set myself up for success so that I don't overindulge. And um, one rule that I try to live by is uh, don't eat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Whether that be yes. a bag of nuts or uh, chips. Uh, yep, yeah, chips, Popcorn. candy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Try not to eat out of the bag. Portion out your uh, whatever you want to eat into a bowl or a plate. Um, that's one thing. But then, like with uh, nuts i 'm all about uh, ease and convenience, and I like the grab and go mm-hmm. so I might make up uh, five little snack bags of a serving of nuts apiece and just put that in the pantry okay so that as I'm heading out the door, I even actually have a couple in my uh, the console of my car because sometimes you 're out and about with work or you're running late here or there, and uh we don't want to get too hungry to where we 're Going to make, um, you know, a decision where we're really going to eat something that we probably wouldn't necessarily normally do. Yeah. Um, So again, how can you set yourself up for success?
0: And I think it's good to not rely on getting healthy snacks from gas stations. Now, I I think some options at gas stations have improved, and this also ties into the holidays for people traveling. If you know you're traveling by car. or by plane. But I know uh, if I'm, you know, I just took a road trip recently to visit my family in Kansas City. And I, I packed snacks for my daughter mm-hmm. and a few for me just because I don't want to rely on my options at a gas station. Yes. Um, so I think, I think, like you said, setting yourself up for success, not just with meals, but with snacking is really important, too. So I did interrupt you. We're talking about Im- immune-boosting foods. Mm-hmm. And I interrupted you when you were giving the example of sunflower seeds and walnuts. Yes. And, and whatnot, but what other things would be high in magnesium and zinc?
1: Um, some other good um, foods along those lines would be things like avocado, asparagus, uh, the dark green leafy okay. vegetables like we talked about. Um, and I'm f- talking a little bit more here about anti-inflammatory foods. Um, those are, are good because they um, um, do not have our, or they help our immune system not be so like on and charged mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. Um, continually. So things like extra virgin olive oil, garlic or ginger, um, nuts and nut butter, nut butters, almonds, onions, salmon are all really great options. And speaking of um, anti-inflammatory foods, uh, one item that's been, you know, you read about it here and there in the, the news and social media is added sugars. And that is something that um, in 2015, the... Uh, uh, dietary guidelines did put in a recommendation that we Americans limit added sugars to be less than 10% of our daily calories. Mm-hmm. And with added sugars, Johanna, what we're talking about there think of like soda, uh baked goods, mm-hmm. cookies, um, those kinds of things. And so for most people that would mean a recommendation of having no more than 50 grams from those types 50, of five zero. Yeah. Okay. Five zero. Yep, absolutely. And so when you think about um, like an eight ounce can of Mountain Dew, for example, that could have 40 to 50 grams right there in itself. I like
0: how the nutrition labels have changed recently to include, you know, it will say total sugar and then it will have the added sugar Mm -hmm. because it's nice to see that when, you know, especially if you're looking at, I mean, I'm shopping for my almost four year old daughter. Uh Who loves to snack, as most kids do, sure. and so it's interesting to see, you know, of of some of her favorite snacks, which ones have the most added sugar. Yes, um, and then some things like she likes dried fruit leather, you know, and some of them have a lot of added sugar, and some of them don't have any added sugar, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a nice way to compare. Um, speaking of sweeteners and 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 sugars, do you have do you recommend people swap like agave or Stevia or anything like that, when they're cooking or baking, mm-hmm. do you recommend people look into those kind of alternative
1: sweeteners? Yes. So when we think about those alternative sweeteners, um, Stevia is one that I would recommend a little bit higher because that does come um, from a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one thing to think about. Um, so if, that's a natural Yeah. Uh, yes. alternative. Okay. Yes, natural alternative if we're thinking about how to um, lower calories from uh, butter or oils, we can replace some of those with applesauce, for example. Yes.
0: Um, that would be another when swap. When you're baking, like swapping the oil for applesauce. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, I actually have some information, too, about that. So when we're thinking about um, things like bacon, for example... Of course, that's high in saturated fat. If we can think about either swapping that for something like turkey bacon, um, the fat goes in half. Okay. Um, Even when we're thinking, excuse me, when we're thinking about how to lower, um, if we're needing to watch our cholesterol, for example, if the recipe calls for two eggs, we can put in one whole egg and an additional egg white. So there are some swaps that we can make to help alter the nutritional value to be mm-hmm. a little bit more healthy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes people feel overwhelmed by all of the different options. And so do you have any recommended websites or places people could go if they're looking for more information about healthy cooking or healthy eating?
1: Sure. Um, for example, um, there is a, a national organization of dietitians, and our website is eatright.org. That would be a good one. Um, also, there is the um, MyPlate website, um, and then there's the CDC. They have um, some an area of the, their website that is related to recipes. The American Diabetes Association, of course, has uh, diabetes-friendly recipes. I've also been out on the American Heart Association website, and so, with the American Heart Association, um, they follow or ascribe to what's called the Dash Eating Program, which is the dietary approach to stopping hypertension. Okay. So, those recipes would be um, low saturated fat, um, and and would be more, of course, uh, lower cholesterol types mm-hmm. of recipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know people
0: often assume that making swaps and recipes or you know changing the way they eat is you know for weight loss and while that Mm -hmm. is certainly one you know approach to weight loss and and one reason why you would want to change your eating habits there are also reasons such as preventing chronic conditions helping Mm -hmm. to manage chronic conditions there's you know a great connection between what we eat and how we feel emotionally and you know if I'm a big believer, and I've noticed this in myself, if I'm eating healthier, I tend to just have more motivation to take care of other aspects of Mm -hmm. my life as well. So um, kind of like when I'm in a good exercise routine, I typically want to eat a little bit healthier because I'm exercising, I'm working hard. I don't want to just kind of cancel that out by, you know, having something, eating mindlessly, you're having something that's not really worth um, the calories. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when you're, if you're listening and you're trying to think about, you know, what would motivate me to eat healthier? You know, there, it's different for everyone, but think beyond, you know, kind of the physical aspect, your, your appearance and, Um, Think about, you know, do I want to prevent chronic disease? Do I want to somehow manage a a chronic condition that I have? Do I want to start feeling better emotionally, have the motivation, have the drive to get out there and and start moving more? So I think all of those things are really important for people to
1: consider. They are. And, you know, that's going to change, too, over time, Johanna. Um, So, for example, I remember myself in my 20s. What was really important to me then was a certain size of slacks or pants or a certain number on the scale. Well, now uh, here I am in the more middle age of the spectrum, and, you know, biology is kind of taking over. It is what it is, and I'm just really grateful that um, I physically can do the types of activities that I want. Uh, We were just in Utah a few weeks ago, and we went hiking and biking. Mm -hmm. I'm really um, happy that I can do that, because that is definitely uh, something that I truly enjoy. Um, but, at the end of the day, what I really want for myself, and this is what I ask again, people that I work with uh, excuse me, healthy living is individual, and what is important to some to one person um, is going to be totally different than what's uh, important for another mm-hmm. person. But at this age and stage in life what 's important to me is to be able to um, enjoy the type of activities that i that I like to do, mm-hmm. um, and eventually someday I hope to have a grandchild, and I want to be able to, uh, you know, get down on the floor and play with the child or take them to the park, uh, go to the swimming pool, etc. I just want to stay as active as I yeah. can, as long as I can. Yeah. I also know that um, in hereditary plays a big part too in our health. Sure. And so, for example, uh, from a dietary intake perspective. Um, and if if one was to 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 look at me you you would think oh her cholesterol must be fabulous well it's not johanna <laughs> <laughs> because of because genetics because of genetics yeah. yes i have to literally uh, uh work at it a lot in order to keep it in um you know it's definitely on the higher end of okay but it kind of keeps creeping up here. But if as you're I, not paying attention, you start exactly. to
0: creep into that, you know, now we're talking about cholesterol management yes. medication and, yep. and things like that.
1: Yeah. So there's some things with the cards that you're dealt you have some control over, but there's others where you just yeah. need some Yeah. Yeah, I help. think
0: it's good. I, I thank you for sharing that perspective. I, I can look back, you know, when I was in my 20s, I think – my primary motivator for Mm -hmm. exercising was so I would look good. Yes. And now that I'm on the backside of my 30s, I think, you know, the primary reason I like exercising and exercise is for stress management Mm -hmm. for um, just to keep my body moving Mm -hmm. and so I can hang out and play with my daughter, you know, as she grows and starts becoming more active. So I think it's okay to recognize that as we go through different stages in life, we're gonna have different motivators, and it is an individual yeah. approach, and so that's definitely something for people to remember. And I also want people to think about, uh, if, you know, if if you have noticed a correlation or a connection between the way you feel and your eating habits, or um, you know, your eating habits and Kind of your motivation levels and things like that. So think about food from multiple perspectives. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Susie? This was such a great conversation. But is there anything else you'd like to share as we enter uh, the holidays and uh, any any other resources or how can people connect with you
1: if if you want to um, if if they want to get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. Well, if people would like to get in touch with me, um, my email address is uh, dashccs at gmail.com. And we'll Um, put those in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes. But no, I'd be willing uh, and very happy to answer any questions that anyone may have. And I guess uh, the the last thought here that um, I'd like to just leave with people is just remember that the past is the past. And if you think about it um, if, as if you were looking in a rear view mirror. So whatever happened in the past is, it's gone, it's done with, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller as you keep moving forward day by day by day. So I just encourage people to enjoy life and um, know that um, food is a big part of our life and it's meant to nourish our bodies. And so we just wanna, of course, do that in as a balanced of approach as we can. Thank you. I, I definitely like that. I'm, I'm going to think about
0: that. You know, keep looking forward, keep moving forward. Uh, for those of you listening, as you know, EFR has employee assistance program benefits, and we also have wellness benefits. I'm excited to announce that Suzy has partnered with EFR to provide one-on-one nutrition consulting for clients that have our core plus benefit. If you are interested in learning more about this, definitely uh, reach out to EFR. We will put some contact information in our show notes. Uh, But again, Susie, it was great talking with you. Always a joy. And I'm guessing you'll be back for another episode.
1: I would welcome that opportunity, Johanna. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Thanks for listening to Emotion Well. Please subscribe to us and don't forget to rate us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Emotion Well is hosted by Johanna Dunlevy and produced by Emily Wankham.